He's wanting to try to make it hard on you. Amen? Amen? I was, I don't watch very many television shows. I do watch one. In fact, well, I watch a couple. But some of those are politically charged and I don't want you to understand or know my politics. Because I try to keep that a secret. Okay, so... But the one that I do watch that has no politics involved is, a, is on the Discovery Channel called Gold Rush. Yeah, now Matt Jones got me hooked on that about eight years ago. And so we're watching, I was, and I DVR it because I'm not always home and I don't even know what time it comes on. I think it comes on Fridays, maybe, I don't know. I just hit record the series and thank the Lord for the technology. And if you've watched Gold Rush, there's a 24-year-old young man on there who grew up uh, under, the, under, under the study of his grandfather, who was a gold miner. His name is Parker. And uh, he's 24 years old. At 23 years old, he, he mined over 6,000 ounces of gold last season. You know how much 6,000 times $1,100 or $1,200 an ounce is? It's a lot of money. In fact, we could, we could pay the light bill here with that. And we were watching it the other night, and I don't know, were you with me when we were watching it? We were watching the other night, and this, the season that they're showing now, that everybody's getting a late start, and the, and the Canadian government has changed some of the rules on the water rights to rivers and all of this, and and he made this statement. They asked him about his struggles, and he said, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And I hit pause, and I started laughing. And I said, listen to this, Amy, and we, I rewound it. He said, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would be doing it. Well, guess what? That's what an old guy in my life of years ago told me by the name of Cotton Worley. He said, I'll tell you something. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. I said, well, Parker must have learned that from his grandpa. And Grandpa John and Grandpa Cotton must have been together somewhere and decided that if it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was easy living for the Lord, everybody would do it. Oh, there's... Uh, there's big churches here, you know, there's big churches, there's churches of thousands that are meeting right now. Uh, some of them are Holy Ghost filled and spirit led and a lot of them though are what they would term seeker friendly where you come in and you know the music is good. How about the drumming today? Was the drumming awesome? If it, you, can, you can leave here today and say, you know what? We had a miracle at our church today. And somebody's going to say, what happened? We say, you know what? We didn't even have a drummer. And you wouldn't believe how good the drums were playing today. How about that? But a lot of those churches come in and they have good music. And then the, the, the pastor, the preacher there will preach a good message or he'll preach a series of messages and say, okay, for the month of January, we're going to talk about being personally responsible in our lives. The next four Sundays, on the last Sunday of the month, if you'd like to get baptized, we'll baptize you on the last Sunday of the month. 
and then, you know, we're going to have all of this happening and all that happening. And then after the service is over and after he concludes, they sing another song and he says, we'll see you next week. And nobody ever comes and prays. Nobody ever comes up front to worship. Prayer is our communication with the Lord. Prayer, and so I want a church that where we can be in relationship with each other. If you need baptized and it is not the last Sunday of the month, we will baptize you on the second Tuesday of the month. You just give me 25 to 35 minutes and let me get you the, uh, the proper robe size and let's get that water filled up in that baptistry and we will baptize you, sorry, Johnny, Johnny on the spot. We will baptize you right there. Why? Because guess what? When somebody's heart is ready for the Lord, that's when you got to strike. You got to strike while the iron is hot. Amen? And so we're trying to pattern ourselves after this church in the book of Acts. We're trying, and, and you got to remember this. We read the miracles. We, we read about, and we're going to talk about today, some things that happened in the early church. And you've got to remember something. Don't be too hard on yourself when you read the book of Acts and you say, oh, Lord, Pastor, how are we ever going to get to the book of Acts church? How are we ever going to see blind eyes open? How are we ever going to see the dead raised? Well, you've already heard drums, and there was no drummer today. I mean, so we're starting. I mean, this is a miracle Sunday right now. Somebody needs to put out on Facebook when you leave here. Not while you're in church. You don't be on your Okay, can I, I'm going to confess a sin. We just repented, so I'm going to lay one out. You ever see me up there on those cameras on a Sunday morning? You know how close I can get? I can see what you're scrolling down on the internet on your phone. Some of you have been, to, at Thanksgiving, somebody was looking up for recipes. Preachers are human too, man. We're going to spy on you. I may not be at your house all the time, and I may not be in the car with you, but when you're here on this territory, I know how to spy. Those cameras do 360, and they zoom in. They can find a pimple in the back of your head. Hallelujah. You're going to be coming in here with those aprons they put on you at the dentist office to take, a, to take an x-ray here next time. And I said, he ain't going to see anything on me today. Hallelujah. You put the blanket over your head. I know it's not. Brandon always, whenever, Brandon flies international. I always enjoyed flying with Brandon internationally because he would get in there and he'd curl up in that seat. He was just lanky and skinny. He'd curl up in that seat and he'd take the whole blanket and just wrap his whole body. He looked like a cocoon. And you would not see him for eight to nine hours, however long the flight was. I wish I could have done that. I couldn't even curl up like that because I'm too big to curl. Amen. <laughs> but remember this, the book of Acts Church, that, that book was about a 60-year history of the church. Okay? It wasn't just, well, I read three chapters today and they had... They had five, they had 8,000 get baptized in the first three chapters. So don't be too hard on yourself, but we strive. And individually, we have to strive because as strong as the families and the people are in the church, that's how strong the church is. 
And so that's why we try to engage in the Spirit of the Lord here. We want the Spirit of the Lord moving all the time in here. And that's why some people don't come here. That's why some people don't come here because, brother, when you walk in the door, if you've got dirt in your life, you feel like you've got a big old 20 million candle spotlight on you. And you're like saying, I didn't realize everybody knew what I did the last three weeks on Saturday night before I came to church. No, nobody probably even knows about it, but the Lord makes you feel that way because that's called conviction. And the Spirit of the Lord is trying to convict you and He's trying to get you to move closer to Him. Amen? Oh, amen. I better get on the slides today. Amen. Well, I know we're not there. Hallelujah. Oh, I know we're not there. You don't want to go back to the Bay of Pigs, do you? See, there's people who don't even believe in the Bay of Pigs. They don't even know what it is. Okay, this is real. No games. We talked about this, didn't we? That's when Tim Davis was part of the burying committee. Amen. He was in charge of the grounds and yards. How about the preacher saying, I want you to go out there and get two graves dug because the Lord's going to kill two people today in church. That is real scary. But the early church walked in power and they walked in authority and the devil fought them tooth and toenail and the devil's going to fight you tooth and toenail. The devil's going to make it hard for you. He's going to make it rough on you. You know, I was talking to Ginger the other night. We talked once in a while. Most of the time when I talk to her, I make her end up crying. Amen. Here's the deal. So we were talking and I said, I said, is the devil going to come to you with a 12-pack of Dilly Dilly? That's not Dilly Bars. All right? It's not Dilly Bars. It's Bud Light. I know some of you, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day. And it was Randall. Somebody didn't know what a dilly bar, a dilly dilly was. I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. The devil's not going to come to you and tempt you with Budweiser if that's not your weakness. The devil's not going to come to you and tempt you with addictions if that's not your weakness. The devil's going to attack you at your weakest link. The devil's going to attack you at your very weakest spot, and he knows what spot it is. If you have a horrible temper, then the devil is going to make everybody around you make you angry and mad. So you can lose your temper, and then you begin to say things that you shouldn't say, and you begin to say words to people that you shouldn't say them to, and you shouldn't even be saying those words and then there's a a wound that comes into somebody's spirit because you know you said something in anger that you really didn't mean but it came out anyway that's where the devil attacks each of us at is at our weakest spot so your weakest spot has to be where you spend a lot of your time fortifying and edifying and strengthening it you cannot let your weak spot stay weak that makes sense You cannot let your weak spot stay weak. So listen, when you work on that weak spot in your life, you are working to become a missile in the kingdom of God. And the devil knows that if you ever become a missile in the kingdom of God, you will destroy darkness in people's lives all around you. You will destroy people's lives 
the darkness in their lives all around you. History says that Paul, when he was about to be executed, that they had to change the guards multiple times. The reason they had to change the guards multiple times is the testimony of Paul sitting in that Roman jail cell, getting ready to be executed, getting ready to be his head cut off, that his testimony that those soldiers would become Christians and be converted while he's on death row. Because, you know, if you and I become God and missiles for the Lord, we are more of a threat to the devil than we are right now. And guess what? When you walked in the door this morning, you were a threat to the devil because you didn't stay home and pull the sheets up over your head and say, let me just sleep another 20 minutes. Hallelujah. You thinking that 20 minutes is going to be better than that six or seven hours you had prior? Really? It is. I know. I've been there. There's something about the snooze. But then I go into short story dreaming. I start dreaming weird stuff for about 20 minutes and wake up. And you're slobbering and you wake up and it's like. And you're on a ship somewhere and you go back to sleep and then you're a school teacher somewhere and you wake up from that nightmare and you know what I'm saying? Short stories. But listen, the devil wants to keep you out of active kingdom work. The devil wants to keep you out of being involved in the kingdom. It's very, 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 very important that you become involved in the kingdom. Paul said that we are all many members, but we're one body. I will tell you this, half of your, and I said this the other night, or the other day, I don't know when I said it, Christmas Eve, it was a nice service here, wasn't it? Christmas Eve was talked about Linus dropping that blanket. You got to drop the blanket. Sometimes you got to drop some stuff you've been carrying around all your life and you need to let the Lord start working in your life. But pastor, it hurts. I know it hurts, but guess what? Would you rather go through a little bit of temporary hurt and get healing or would you rather continually have that festering pain over and over and over again? What do we want? You know when you get an ingrown toenail how it feels when you walk on it? And you know that eventually you're going to have to minister to it. And you go in there and cut it out and it's a lot better. Guess what? You hold on to that festering ingrown problem in your spiritual walk with the Lord. And every step you take, you're going to have pain. But eventually if you get, go down there and let the Lord do some surgery on it, you can have initial pain through the surgery. But once it's healed, it's done. You will, you will alleviate 50% of your problems if you just become involved in the kingdom of God. You say, what do you mean? I'm saying, get your mind in the kingdom. Get your body in the kingdom. Well, there's nothing for me to do around here. Have you came and talked to me about that? No. I had to think back. There's nothing for you. Yes, there will be something for you to do in the kingdom. If you're willing to do it, there is something that you can do in the kingdom. David said, if I'm just a doorman in the house of the Lord, he said, all I want to be is if I could just be a doorman in the house of the Lord, if I can just be part of this. These disciples, these apostles were involved, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. They were involved with everything, their heart, their soul, their mind. Peter, when, he, when the Lord went to wash his feet, you know, Peter said, oh, no, Lord, you ain't washing my feet. And, Peter, and the Lord said, Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part with me in the kingdom. 
And Peter snapped out of it and he said, you know what, not only my, my feet, but my hands and my face, everything. I want you to wash everything. I want you to get me totally involved. That's why the devil fights you. Because when, you get, when you're getting ready to get involved in the kingdom, when you're getting ready to get involved in the kingdom, he doesn't want you because he's losing territory. Mark chapter 5, remember? Don't send us away. Don't send us out of this land. Let us keep some territory. The devil wants the territory of your mind. He wants the territory of your thinking. He wants the territory that he can inject his stupid, idiotic thoughts in there and drive you crazy. He knows that if you can keep your mind on your mind, if you can keep spinning on your thoughts, if you can just circulate your thoughts, you chew them up and spit them out, then you chew them up and swallow them and spit them out again, and it's over and over and over and it's the same song second verse and it's the same problem all the time and the same thing starts creeping up but the Lord has come to set the captive free the Lord wants to break cycles in our lives the Lord wants to break patterns of thinking in our lives that have brought all of this pain that's another thing the devil puts this thought in our minds well you're not good enough You've got this problem, and you've got this problem, and you've got this problem. If you're writing down, taking notes, or go back and listen to this, you don't get good to get God. You don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. You and I will never be able if we look at the natural through the natural eye, if we look at being in the kingdom of God, you and I will never be able to be good enough to be there. Because our problem is we are depending on us to fix us. How in the world can something that is broken fix itself? Brother Nathan, I told Caitlin, I said, listen, I said, if the, if the male vocals in the choir, that choir song, they don't, they don't step up, I said, there's some men in the tenor section, we're ready to step up, we're ready for some solos. I said, Nathan can go first, hallelujah. <laughs> and I'll see how he does, hallelujah. The Bible says, prefer your brother. Right? Anybody ever been to the hospital? Yeah. Anybody ever go to the doctor? Some of you have a frequent, frequent flyer number at the doctor's office. Don't you wish you had all the miles for all the dollars you ever spent at the hospital and the doctors? Good Lord, you'd travel around the world in 80 days. Why are we going to the doctor? Because we're sick. Our body is broken. It needs some antibiotic, also known as antibiotics, right? It needs some medicine. I've never been to the hospital in my whole life just to visit people. I like walking in and walking out. I don't know what it feels like to be wheeled in and wheeled out, 
But you go to the doctor. So I had to go to the doctor to, to get this one removed. That's the first time I've been there. It's an outpatient deal. Why did I have to go to the doctor? Because it wasn't healing itself. Because I had to have help with it. Why do you have to sometimes deal with things in your life? Because it's not going to heal by itself. It's not going to, and the devil wants to keep that spot rubbed. He wants to keep it sore. He wants to keep it agitated. He wants to keep your mind on it instead of your mind on the word. He wants to keep your mind on all of the bad things that's happening and not on any of the good things that's happening. Are you seeing what I'm saying? The devil wants to divert our thinking and our attention. Because he really, really knows. He knows better than you know. He knows better than I know that if we ever really get a hold of this gospel thing, if we ever really get a hold of this Holy Ghost message, if we ever really get a hold of what the good book of the Lord says, that there will be nothing, no devil in hell, no angel, nor principality, nor power that can stand against you and the church of the living God. Amen. That's why he fights you. That's why he fights. He's fighting you because he's scared. He's fighting you because he's afraid. He's afraid of you getting a hold of this. And I'll tell you who he really fights. He really fights you people that have what I call the gift of evangelist. You guys are soul winners. One person can fill up a section of pews. He really fights you because he doesn't want you working on souls. He doesn't want you talking to new people about the kingdom. He doesn't want you, is this making sense? There's a war going on here, guys. And you might as well, listen, you enlisted. I don't know what happened. I don't know if anybody told you. Did you read the small print at the bottom of the baptismal contract? Did you read the disclaimer that when you got baptized, you had just enrolled in the army of the Lord? When you received the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues, you just enrolled, enlisted in the Lord's army? Apparently you didn't, because I didn't hear anything. Oh, I read it, Pastor. We didn't even let you sign. People come in here, new people, and they say, how do you become a member here? I said, oh, 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 oh. All you got to do is be born again. That's all Jesus said. You're born in the water and the spirit. You're here. Welcome to the fight. Welcome to the finish. The devil didn't fight you before you came to God. He already had you. The devil didn't fight you. How many of you, when you were out there in the world, before you got God and got to church, how many of them told, the devil told you Saturday night, you're out there honky-tonking? Honky-tonking. How many times on Saturday night when you was honky-tonking did the devil say, you know, Randall, you probably ought to go home. It's, it's 11 o'clock and you, you probably need to go to church in the morning. Did the devil tell anybody that you better go to church in the morning? Sorry. Did the devil tell anybody you better stop drinking that beer? You better stop going to see that woman that ain't your wife. Why? Why is it so quiet? 
Because you know the devil didn't. The devil said, Randall, stay up and get it by everybody another round. Woo! Randall said, one more round, one more round for all the cowboys in here. And he said, put a little more Hank Jr. out there on the jukebox. Hallelujah. And he said, by the time I get it back, I'm going to get in my black suit. And he said, I'll sing Long Black Train. The devil's telling you to go sin. The devil's telling you to stay out of church. People call me up and they say, we're having problems. This is wrong and that's wrong. And she's doing this and he's doing that. And I said, you know what? I can't help you if you don't do what I say. The first thing I say is, you got to be in church. I, my resolution for 2020 is I'm going to learn five brand new languages. I'm going to learn Lao. I'm going to learn Spanish. I'm going to learn French. Might even learn German. I'm just going to learn one phrase in all those five languages. You've got to come to church. The reason I'm going to learn all those different languages is because apparently some people don't hear in English. You know your kids don't hear in English because how many times do you have to tell them to do something and they do the exact opposite? Now, Amy loves her grandkids, but I look at them and I say, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't go closer to that water. Please don't do that. Oh, dear grandson of mine, do you not know that there is a nuclear reactor inside of me that is beginning to boil right now? Please do not go there. That's why I'm going to learn five different languages. You got to come to church, and the second phrase will be, don't do that. Pastor, we're having all these problems. When's the last time you've been in church? Oh, well, I, we, well, you know we've been. I said, come on, are you kidding me? You've got to come to the gas station. If you don't go to the gas station, brother, your car is going to run out of gas. And when it runs out of gas, I hate to tell you this, you can crank on it and crank on it and crank on it until that battery goes, boom, 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 boom. Once you get to the, it's just a matter of time until it goes. It doesn't even chirp anymore. It's the same way with God. You've got to come to God and keep filling up and keep filling up and keep filling up and keep filling up. Well, how do you do it, Pastor? I'm in a daily talk with him. I'm in a daily walk with him. I'm not in church every day, but I'm talking to him every day. You know what I texted you about the other day? And you're the worst responding of textures I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> he will text me something and then I'll answer back and it, the next day. Did, did I train you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Am I like that? Maybe the Lord's saying, see, you need to straighten up, Tracy, because that's what you're like. Johnny's Jim, yeah, okay. All right, I'm trying, Lord, I'm trying. But listen, I got a lot of sins ahead of me I'm working on. I ate the last of the cinnamon rolls I ate last night, yesterday. They're gone. They're gone. Aren't they? I think they are. Yes, praise God. See, I don't have to attack them again today. You don't want that to go bad. But what I texted you the other day about that conference, it's a short notice. And the Lord has been talking to me about that conference, conference, conference. And I'm like, oh, Lord, come on, really? And the last time that we went, it, we, had, we didn't get the conference right at the hotel because it was too late. And that was like three months before. And I said, hey, Lord, okay, so, Lord, if it's your will, you're talking to me heavy about this. If it's your will, let the conference rate be available. I get on the phone, and I tell the reservationist, yeah, I'd like to come and maybe get a couple hotel rooms for these nights and for the landmark conference. Uh, I don't know if the, I saw, I don't know if the conference rate is still available. Well, and she said, well, yes, sir, it is totally available. And I said, yes, I'm getting the hint, Lord. I hear you. I'm talking to him daily. You can talk to him daily. You can walk with him daily. You can do this thing. You can win. You can walk in victory. You can walk in power. You can walk in promise. Come on now, somebody. You can walk with authority in your life. You don't have to live second rate. You can be a first class, number one, A-plus, Holy Ghost-filled man and woman of God. You can live victorious. You're going to get rid of all that junk out there. God's going to help you do it. You're going to get involved in the kingdom because, listen, my hand's not out there in the parking lot right now. My voice is not by the dumpster right now. My voice is in here. My hand is here. Why? Because my body is fitly joined together and it's working to deliver the word of the Lord. And the devil hates my guts right now for telling you the devil is a liar and for telling you that the devil is so scared of you that if you could really see how scared the devil is of you, it would blow your mind and you'd get Ten foot tall, Willis. Anybody ever kill a snake? Forever in my mind is Brother Dennis kicking that blue racer. Wasn't it a blue racer right out here? I'm driving down the drive one Sunday morning, and he beat me here. And I see that 12-foot leg of his go, And I said, what in the world? And about the time that leg punted, I saw that. I said, well, my Lord, he's snake handling already this morning. <laughs> You're probably one of those that used to grab him by the tail. And does that really happen? Can you do that? Can you snap their heads off? Can you grab them by the tail and snap them and their heads off? I tell you, I ain't trying. If I would have been Moses, I would have failed. At the very first test at Pharaoh's palace, I wouldn't have had any trouble dropping the rod. But I would have been with all those Egyptians. When that rod hit the floor and it went, I'm out of there, I'm rolling. And then the Lord has to say, now go pick him up. 
I'd be the Pete. Say, what? What? You... So when you kill a snake, when you cut his head off, does he stop moving? You want to play a trick on somebody? Kill you a snake and put it in a Walmart sack and put it in somebody's car. See, I shouldn't even be saying this. Because <laughs> I'm hearing some mmms coming back here like, whoa, that's something. And just put it on the floorboard of the passenger side. And then they're driving down the road and they start seeing this Walmart sack flipping around there. Oh, hallelujah. I've seen snakes smile at you after they're dead. You ever seen that? You cut their head off and they're still talking to you. You hear what I just said? Anybody hear what I just said? Anybody know where I'm going yet? Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. And thou shalt bruise his heel, but he shall bruise your head. At Calvary, the devil's head was already cut off. All you and I are dealing with is a mouth that is not attached to a body anymore. There's no more blood flow to the brain. There's no more blood flow to the mouth. There's no more life coming from that body into that head. But that head is still talking to you. That head is still moving his lips. That head is still saying, you ain't going to make it. You're not going to make it. You can't be a successful man and woman of God. You're not going to be victorious. You're not going to do. And you know what? At the same time, his mouth is still talking to you. His body's back there quivering because it doesn't have a head. Because they have to be connected in order to be effective. Are you seeing what I'm saying? All we are dealing with is the nervous reactions and the nervous re words of the enemy that has already been decapitated. The devil has been defeated. Come on now, somebody. The devil has been defeated and the devil knows it. And all he can do is open his mouth and give you false threats. Oh, this is a good word today. Make your 2020 change. Make your change in 2020. Some of you who are involved, get more involved. Say, my God, Pastor, my tongue's hanging out. That's all right. We'll roll it up and put it back in there. Nathan's a nurse. Megan's a nurse. We got nurses in here. We'll just sew you up. Hallelujah. Just keep you working. There ain't nothing for me to do. Please come see me. Please come see me. There's plenty to do here. In fact, all of you invited to the dinner, the appreciation dinner, January 11th, 2020. 2020. It used to be a good news show years ago. I don't think it is anymore. But anyway, 6 o'clock, Unity Baptist Church, free meal. What are you doing? We're unveiling a new ministry that everybody can get involved in. That is definitely needed in this church. Because guess what? We need each other. I need you and you need me. When I'm going through a struggle, I need somebody to call. When I'm going through a need, I need somebody that can pray. 
When I'm, in the, when I'm in down and out and I don't have anything, any resources to help me, I need somebody that can walk by my side and pick me up and say, we're, we're going to go together. When I'm down, I need a buddy to come pick me up because we don't leave anybody's behind. Amen? The devil is a liar. And you're just dealing with his nervous convulsions. And before too long, this, the day will end. And my granddad always told me this. Oh, they're going to twitch and squirm till the sun goes down. Well, I guarantee you one thing, I wasn't going back out in that field after dark to see if they did or not. I just believed him. So that devil is just that decapitated head. Just talking. Let's all stand. You're getting out of here. I don't even know what time it is. 11.32. 11.33. Yeah, 11.30. Is this awesome? Don't you wish that I would preach this short all the time? I'm watching you. I'm seeing who's seeing. Praise God. But listen, you're getting attacked because the devil is afraid of you. We're still going to go through the book of Acts. And you will see the attacks on the apostles was the enemy trying to stop them, and he couldn't do it. And that's where you and I are like the book of Acts, because you keep coming back. And you keep living for the Lord. And you keep fighting. And you keep getting back up. They asked Muhammad Ali what was the secret to his success. And he said, I got up one more time. How about that? I got up one more time. You know what? We get up every morning one more time. And the devil puts pressure on us and wants to try to take us out. And we get up one more time and say, good morning, Jesus. Thirty-some years ago, I'm standing in Bible college in class, and there was this guy's name. I, I kind of remember his name, but it kind of gets mixed up. And he was real loud and boisterous. And every morning, first hour, he'd yell, Good morning, Jesus! And I look over at him, I'm thinking, well, apparently he was a morning person. <laughs> and I was not. And I said, Lord, ditto what he's saying right there. That's for me too. Good morning, Jesus. I just can't hardly keep my eyes open right now. Good morning, Jesus. Stephen Hicks, I think was his name. Hallelujah. Guess what? You get up every morning. Good morning, Jesus. Take a hold of the hand of the person beside you. Take a hold of their hand. Say, let's, let's pray right now. Let's do this. Say, Lord. Okay, let's, let's try this together now. Let's do this one more time. If you don't get it right, we'll do it next year. All right? Lord, bless my brother or sister right now in Jesus' name. Help them to see that they really are a threat to the devil. Let them see that they are dealing with a defeated Satan. And all he can do is throw threatenings out. And all he can do is try to intimidate. But right now, I pray boldness and understanding on my neighbor right now. In Jesus' name. Let 2020 be a year of restoration.
and change for them. Right now, I declare it and I decree it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord some praise, would you? Hallelujah.